Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Shannon and Russ. I think you remember them. They've been on several times with us. They're regular guests who appear with us to talk about astrological events that have happened and are coming up. I love this conversation because they bring up so many interesting points and perspectives that you would never even consider. And I think it's because they both are so into this cosmological view of the universe and they have a way of relating that to your everyday life which really makes astrology very approachable. That's what Shannon and Russ bring to the table every time we talk to them. So I won't go into any of the details of the events that are coming up because they do such a great job of that during this conversation. And uh, we'll just go straight into that conversation right now with Shannon, Russ, Tiana, and myself. of this right now and what we're all striving for is this ultimate enlightenment this complete union between ourselves and the divine it takes time but time is speeding up so where is that point in time it's the gate of god talked about in through ancient mythologies whatnot it's what we're quickly approaching the ultimate singularity and when you say quickly approaching you mean thousands of years or hundreds yeah of but years? time is speeding up it's like to god thousand years is a day and days like a thousand years so then we will, we will our mind is going to be networking together more and more as we're moving forward it's already happening on the planet and as it does so we will perceive less as human frame of time and begin to feel the experience of having a thousand years be like, like a day you know so it will pass quickly as we approach the singularity our perceptions will completely change and that's part of the process of we're moving through in the flesh you know taking on the energy of light so yeah anyway. i think a lot of us probably already um are experiencing that to some extent of how yeah. time is way more malleable and you know than it used to feel whereas right. like you said like a like a period of time could be shrunken or could be stretched out yeah, well, we had a ripple effect. So we're always talking about frequencies bouncing. So we had an interesting thing as we're as Shannon and I are experiencing these changing realities of time. As we had a dis- we had a kind of a separation in our um, I had was in a really high energy state. I was processing all these mental things, and then somehow we were talking about something really mundane or found that got us out of sync. Well, I experienced a time ripple where. I had a conversation with Shannon. This just happened last week. I had a conversation with Shannon in the shower in which she claimed later that evening we did not have. But the next day we had that exact conversation that I had experienced 24 hours. But we actually even texted about it. So I, I went back and checked. We had written about the experience, which didn't happen. And then we experienced it the next day. And then later that evening, I like, you realize we just went through a time ripple where I experienced time like nonlinear and bouncing back. So that's what's actually physically happening in some of this. No one's going to be experiencing the time realities the same way. This is why we have to have a lot of compassion for each other, because your reality is going to be completely different than mine, you know, even and as, and as long as we're out of sync. But as more we come into sync, we will experience this a similar reality. That's part of the process that's happening. Yeah. I think it's more intensified, too, with yeah. us as twins. Yeah. Like it caused, caused quite, a, quite a disturbance that he was so sure that he had this experience and I was saying it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, like that did not happen, but then it made a lot of sense. And so it's, yeah. it's message for us about staying in coherence together, 
because when we get misaligned, it's like the universe ripples out the misalignment. It was a lesson we were supposed to learn in a really strong way about time. Her experience was different than my experience because we were separated in, in the vibrational field of time. It's hard to hold that together. And Shannon and I have this twin flame experience where when it's in line, we, we can experience beyond time. But when it's out of alignment, we, we experience like a, a like a flame kind of candle losing its its focus. You know, it gets all crazy and <laughs> wind blowing on it. So, but then it comes back and it grows stronger. And that's what we can do. That's part of the twin flame experience becoming one, essentially. Yeah, it, I like what you said about uh, initially about how we need to have a lot of compassion for each other, you know, through this process, because so we're all kind of like these like babies that are learning our way how to like explore this new reality and, and find our footing and, and so forth. Yeah, at all at different paces. And like you said, maybe in different vibrations. And so we're not exactly even in the same realities. Yeah, it's a much all levels. More, yeah, it's a much more synthetic reality than we want to admit. It's it's not quite you know, as solid as, you know, we're finding out quickly that it's not quite as solid as we ever thought before. So getting our grasp in this conscious raising process, getting a mental grasp on on its malleability, its pieability, that our, our perceptive experiences are not the same. And how do we best unify that? That's that's where we're moving into this vibrational unification in a sense. It's, it's a natural process. Will happen. Consciousness is doing its thing, but right now the vibrations are sort of out of sync, and they have to come back into the same sync. And that means we do it with each other first, and to not buy into the divisiveness that's happening in reality right now. Remember, beyond this divisive, this duality, that we are ultimately the the one, you know, community. So we had you guys on the very beginning of 2021, and now we're kind of almost at the midway point. And so we felt like it would be a really good time to check in with you guys again and see, you know, what what does the cosmos want us to know? What do we need to know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how everybody's doing always. You know, time does feel very surreal. It feels this, these days, you know, we look back at, at the year of 2020, which was sort of the beginning of the end in a lot of ways. And, you know, many people have referred to that moment as, you know, the beginning of this sort of apocalyptic time, which is really important to know the definition of apocalypse, which all it means is the great revealing, right? And so if we if we see it through sort of higher terms, then what we can interpret from that is that we're waking up the great revealing of the truth, the truth of what? The truth of our essence, which is that we are eternal, you know, lights of consciousness coming back into awareness of that, which, you know, I guess maybe for some of your listeners that haven't tuned into the previous shows, it might be good to start with just the the backdrop of where we are. Um, I'm an evolutionary astrologer, so my my focus is the evolution of the soul. And that's both personal, the personal soul, but also the collective soul. So again, seeing us, I think it's really, really powerful. And I think should be priority that more and more our awareness is geared towards seeing ourselves in that way as one unitive whole. And that really sort of is a a general summary of of what's happening on this larger framework is that we're, we're shifting out of these very long epochs of time that we call the astrological ages. We are, you know, what we kind of understand is that we're at the cusp. So we're, we're simultaneously leaving behind one age and birthing a new one. And so we're leaving behind the age of Pisces, which was 
you know, to in simplistic terms, sort of known as the age of duality. If you if you've seen the glyph for Pisces, it's literally the two fish are swimming in opposite directions. And so there was a fundamental misunderstanding that there was a, a separation or a split between spirit and matter. So we can understand that as between man and God. Well, if we think that we are not sovereign and, and, and we are sort of asleep to the fact that we are actually divine consciousness experiencing itself, we're more easily controlled or manipulated. And, and so we know that for the last 2000 years, we were sort of in this paradigm of more of a hierarchical or capitalistic patriarchal world where we had lost contact with the divinity within. You know, there was just the emphasis was was on faith and religion, and there was a lot of chaos that ensued, and and that was really known as the age of darkness. Um, do you want to say anything about the Pisces age? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I like to t- think in terms of the general science or alchemy, and one of the the uh, ways I like to look at this is in traditional astrology, uh, Jupiter rules Pisces, and Jupiter is expansion. It is. Like it is uh, has to go as far as something can go, and Jupiter, in this sense, being the ultimate alchemist, has gone into its own it, it, its own reality, its own creation to experience. You know, when we talk about alchemy, um, looking at one eye with the telescope to see everything, and then one eye with the microscope, and then integrating that in the third eye to to see the reality for what it is. But in this case, Pisces, what it has done is has literally projected itself as deep on one side into spirit as it possibly could to experience the ultimate of religious delusion. And then on the other side has peered far into matters down to the Higgs boson level. We're looking for things further than that to, to, to experience itself as matter as much as it can. We're at that edge. And now those two forces have to come back and reconcile with each other. And they're doing so to... to come to the realization that those things are one and the same, that when you go to ultimate edge of one, the ultimate edge of the other, you ultimately find yourself there. So um, that is what's happening in this awakening process through moving into Aquarius is the reality of that world and the acceptance of that. And um, so we have a bulk of, you know, if you consider like some people do that the age of Pisces unofficially or officially came to an end on December 21st of 2012, uh, you just give that as your kind of your marking point. What we have is the bulk of humanity still being born under the influence of that age that are affecting those that are, you know, n- now being born and the energy now coming in from the future age. So there's a, these, we're really at this collision point of the delusion and the awakening. That's how pivotal each one of these years that coming, coming up and the next few months and how we perceive them, how we find our, pathway on this razor's edge of compassion and consciousness this is so important that we understand it's it's um it's every step is crucial so that's kind of what we're here to talk about a little bit and how to navigate the planets in these crucial steps yeah i think it's a really good point i like the way that you described that you know there was there's always an intelligence of course in anything that's occurring in evolution and so we were in the discovery phase it was like consciousness was split into multiplicity and experienced all these different aspects of reality while not recognizing the unitive um connection well so if you look closely at the glyph of the fish swimming in opposite directions they're actually connected by a golden cord 
our golden thread, which basically is the understanding is that they were never separate, right? It, it was an illusion, which is the shadow of Pisces, it is illusion. So there was, you know, a lot of emphasis on faith and believing in something greater outside. And so now that we are birthing ourselves into this new age, the age of Aquarius, it is about the innate spark of awakening that happens to the remembrance of the divine within. And that happens through the process of the reunification of duality. So the fish coming together or masculine and feminine, light and dark. I just wanted to say, to tie into that, this is the point where we go beyond the illusion. Literally, this is what this podcast is about. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to throw that exactly. in there. This is why we're doing this, is, is to really not just see the physical reality, but what's beyond that and, and tie in these energies and how these, how these merge and how these integrate. Yeah. So, it's such anyway. a good point. I mean, it was an illusory state. It was really driven by ego to think that we were separate. And so this awakening happening is very intricately woven into a death process. It's the death of the ego, which I think most of us know that that's an integral step into the awakening process. And it's just quite intense to to grapple with the fact that it's actually happening on a global scale right now. And everybody's navigating it in their own way the best that they can. So that's why, yes, compassion is absolutely crucial. But this new age of Aquarius is the return to the Purusha. So it's a return to the one mind consciousness, to that unitive state. And so that's what that spark of awakening is. It's like, you, you know, I think you can probably all remember when you started having those experiences, it was so magical. Like, wow, I'm one with the water. I remember myself standing in the river at my cabin when I was in my early 20s and just crying and just feeling for the first time my interwoven connection to the trees and the wind and the water and it was something that was completely nonverbal and absolutely all-encompassing and really was a turning point in the rest of my life and my journey so you know we're all on that path there's been this massive acceleration whenever we hit that cusp in 2020 where it was sort of like okay we can't burn this new world so the old one starts to transform right so we know alchemically that there's this stages of alchemy, right? Where it's a dissolution stage. I mean, even like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. I mean, from what I understand in that chrysalis, it's like turns to mush, like literally disintegrates and then reforms. Well, we're sort of in, we're in that uh, stage right now where it's, you know, from a 3D perspective, it feels quite overwhelming, but if that's the work right now is to tap into those higher states of consciousness, which are absolutely available for us. That's why working vibrationally is really a core principle that should be, you know, our guiding force, because from that higher state of consciousness, we can actually navigate that process with more ease and understand that we evolve through that very natural process of death and rebirth. I always like to say we can't have summer without winter. And so we have to trust that it's just that it's epic because it's going on all over the world all at once in a very accelerated fashion. Yeah. So taking it back to like this moment in time, or even just looking at this year so far, what do you think has been the key themes of this stage of our process? You know, now we're looking kind of micro versus the macro perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So so just to sort of as a little review of 2020 astrologically, 
the correlation was we had three of the you know major outer planets pluto which is the ruler of scorpio which is like the underworld and the shadow it rules transformation and alchemy takes 248 years to go around the zodiac came together in the sky with saturn which rules our authority and rules karma takes 28 years to go around the zodiac and then jupiter which is like higher consciousness which expands anything it touches the three of them came together which takes 12 years uh, to go around. So you can just even imagine for a moment how rare it was for those three planets to meet up at the same degree in the sky uh, at once. So this is where the power of astrology comes in. This is why we were able to predict. Well, I, I think it was on your podcast in 2019. I said, we better, you know, prepare ourselves. We might wake up one day with the lights out and no food on the shelves. Well, this, there was no sign of COVID or anything, but this is this is because astrology is truly at its essence, a history of cycles. So we look back, well, what was happening on the planet the last time those three planets came together and it's either been a world war or a pandemic or both. So here we are, right? Okay. So that was sort of, you know, the, the astrological. So those planets, those three planets were in Capricorn, which rules the system, the structure, the foundation of our world. And so it was doing this necessary sort of disintegration, you know, like the caterpillar in order to prepare us for this accelerated leap into these new higher vibrational states, which means going from that that state of multiplicity and starting to head back on our journey towards the singularity. So we were going through the death at the same time the birth was happening so that's why it's so intense i mean i had so many clients that were this shock accelerated their awakening also the time that we had that we didn't usually have that big press and that big pause in our world gave us time to make space for our spirit etc reevaluate which was more important and so then 2021 has been well, it's been sort of like, uh, it, because this is such a massive, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned the ages are 2000 plus years long, right? And so if you were to throw a huge, you know, cannon into the ocean, you were making a point about this earlier, the ripples would go on. And well, yeah, I was using the idea of a lake. It's a, it's a, to think about it in these terms of vibration. So you take a nice mountain lake and it's, uh, it's relatively calm. It's not crystal clear. Like you, people are throwing rocks in here and there. And that happens all the time. You see the ripples that are affecting um, individuals and societies. And every time we have a transit, there's a ripple. But 2020 came along and dropped a cannon-sized boulder in the middle of this relatively calm lake. And that has the effect of sending out waves all the way across and bouncing back over and over again. And that's what we're experiencing as far as the impact of 2021. People are wondering why the transit's so not as distinct as what, yeah, we, but we're still experiencing and we're going to experience it. And in fact, this one event is going to act like an atomic chain reaction for events coming in the next few years. It's going to catalyze several more, but, but people are not quite fully aware of uh, an understanding of, of why we're experiencing things the way we are, not going back to normal. It's because we've passed through a portal of huge impact. The, the, the lake is not going to be calm for a long time to come. So think about it in terms of vibration. Yeah, wow. it's it's true. So in a way, it feels to me sort of like this year is a slow grind. 
the the main aspect astrologically which we talked about at the beginning of the year but it has three exact hits is the saturn uranus square so a square is a conflict the grist for the mill for change and it's forces that have a different agenda saturn is sort of like the old guard it's the old system and it has to do with the authority and the patriarchy and control and it's squaring off with uranus which is freedom. It's the ruler of Aquarius. It's the new age. So we can clearly see this echoing in almost every area of our experience in life based on what side are you on? And, you know, it's sadly, there is that that level of division around which is based in beliefs, which we're going to, we're going to go into quite in depth here momentarily, because it has to do with the eclipses. But this is sort of the backdrop of the entire year of this sort of tug of war around the old and the new. If we're trying to create change from something that has been deeply rooted for 2000 years, which is this system that is corrupt and has, has outlived its purposefulness, it's going to take a while, right? And that, and also that um, control mechanism or system is not going to let go easily. And so there's, there's that. So that's sort of the backdrop. The first Oh, I just had a question. You know that so yes, I remember when you guys came before or when we had this first episode in the beginning of the year and you mentioned, you know, these three three times when those planets would meet or that those transits would happen. Didn't the first one happen around our um Texas Snocopolis crazy thing? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When was that? I, what was yeah, the date of that? Oh, gosh, now I forget, but I remember because I had been paying attention to it. I had yeah. marked it on my calendar to just be aware of this time. And now I can't remember exactly when that was, but like I marked that down and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. that's right like, around that same time. Yeah. So then I noticed the next one's in, coming in June. So I was like, right. well, gosh, if the first one was like that, I better pay attention to when the next one's coming. Yeah. Like mid-June, right? It is. It is. The first one was February 17th. Um, the next one is June 14th. And then the last one is Christmas Eve. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's definitely possible that something oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that something massive happens like on the date. But it's really more that around that date, the energy is swelling. And again, the, the effects of, these tra- of this particular transit goes all the way through February of 2022. So we're sort of in this soup with it, and then it comes into a, comes for a to a boil, and then it sim- goes back to simmer, and it comes to a boil. And so, yeah, around those ho- those are hot dates, and actually, there's a trigger to one of the to that square on July second, which is a time to pay attention attention to because Mars, which is the warrior energy, is going to create a tense aspect called a T square. So it's going to come in and it's going to touch both of those planets and. Instead of it just being a square, it'll be a T-square. So that's three points in a harsh aspect. And Mars is, you know, violence and aggression. And so it could be that things heat up around that time, around that week, in those themes of, you know, control versus freedom. And and, and we see this 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 debate or this um, this battle going on on the planet around uh, around belief. And so... You know, I guess the the next most important thing to just dive into this whole realm around consciousness really is what we're looking at here is that we're in the eclipse window right now. And we have eclipse season twice a year, so every six months. And eclipses are formed anytime there's a new or a full moon conjunct what's called the nodal axis. So the nodal axis is actually a pair of opposite points in the sky 
that is configured by intersection points of the uh, sun and the moon around the earth. And so it's, it sounds a little nebulous, but it's actually very powerful. And evolutionary astrology focuses mostly on this axis, which we call the destiny line. It, it has a, an ancient Vedic principle uh, parallel, the Rahu K2. So it's rooted in, in tradition as well for anyone who may wonder. Yeah, it's a great point. So this, uh, so there are points, they're opposite points. The south node represents the karmic past. So it's sort of the, the place that we need to clean up. It's where the shadow is. And then the opposing point represents uh, which we call the north node. We can consider sort of like our north star, which is our evolutionary growth point where the work is to integrate that will balance out that past life uh, area that is karmic. And so we can think of that as our dharma in a way. So everybody in your birth chart has this axis. And so it's where we look to see like, oh, what were you up to in your past life? And where did you get stuck? Where's the karma? And then the soul coming back through and, you know, manifesting the perfect scenario to reveal the wounds. And then we get a chance to remedy uh, that area, clean that area up. And the way we do that is by reaching for the embodiment of the energies of this north node. And that area of, of our life is often places we're challenged by or we deflect or avoid or project onto other people. But it's the fertile growth for our evolutionary contract. Again, I mentioned I'm concerned with the evolution of the soul. We're looking at the soul through an eternal lens when we're talking about this, not yeah. just the one life. Yeah, and we get all kinds of lessons here at uh, this residence, and and we have a, a cat who has recently experienced what we're just we're talking about, where she sees herself in every mirror and every reflective surface and attacks. And when you think about it, you know we're we're just re reflecting onto others our own stuff, and <laughs> when we come to terms that that reflection is actually us. We're trying to convince our cat of this, that, you know, life will be so much easier. And that's part of what this growth process is about, that we receive, see ourselves in others and we recognize it and we don't forget. That's the same cat in the mirror that's looking back. You know. Yeah, it's been pretty hilarious. You know, our pets, I think, they're like mysterious little spiritual helpers and teachers. And literally, she can't walk by a mirror without like hissing or you know getting down on her paws like she's going to attack but it's a good point because really what we're trying to do is draw back our projections and find union in every area you know in existence we're trying to find unification of duality so so back to the nodal axis so then that's in the personal chart well we also have the the transiting nodal axis transiting meaning where it is in the sky today and that represents our collective karma so we have this collective karma that we're all, again, from a unitive perspective, working out. And then we have the collective south node where we're stuck. And then the collective north node, what's going to hopefully get us out of this if we can embody this polarity point? Well, the, the south node collectively is in Sagittarius and the north node is in Gemini. So what that means is that we are going to be experiencing a set of eclipses in this axis, Okay. So as I mentioned, eclipse season is twice a year and we call it, it's known as a portal. So a portal is what? It's, an, it's a doorway. It's an entrance to going somewhere beyond you, where you've been before. So you can always remember during the eclipse season that we're talking about, again, the evolution of the soul. So it's the deeper work. It's like our purpose. It's, it's why our soul is here. 
and that there's an acceleration of that path or that work or that healing or cleaning up of karma during that period. And the window or the portal itself is two weeks before the first eclipse, which for us opened on the new moon on May 11th, which was in Taurus that opened the gate. And then it won't close till the new, the, excuse me, the full moon after the second eclipse. So our first eclipse is actually in five, few days from now. I'm not sure when this hopefully will air, you know, before that, um, May 26th. So it's right around the corner. And this is going to be a lunar eclipse, which is a full moon. So that means a full moon is a culmination or an ending of a cycle. So like we do this every month, right? We get a chance to, you know, die and be reborn on a monthly basis, even on a daily basis with the sunrise and sunset. Well, when it's an eclipse, it's saying this is a beginning and end of a massive cycle we're talking months if not years to come and since we're talking about it collectively we're talking about the future of mankind we're talking about big themes here so this full moon eclipse we're talking about something that's coming to an end well we look at well what sign is it in and so where's our theme it's in sagittarius so sagittarius and gemini is the axis of knowledge it's the axis of information it's the axis of the mind it's the axis of our communication, how we connect with one another. But most importantly, it has to do with our version of reality, how we, what lens we see things through. And so this axis moved into Sagittarius Gemini in May of 2020. So if you think back for a moment, that's right after the pandemic broke out. What happened with, with the collective mind? That's when everything started going haywire around fact versus fiction. All of this chaos ensued around our version of reality. What's going on? Where did this come from? Is this um, a natural occurring virus? Is this man-made? Is this, you know, so you you know what's happened and it's only escalated, right? Fake and news. Then, yeah. Go ahead. The whole fake news thing. The whole yeah. fake news thing, right? Censorship. To, to all mask or not to mask. Yeah. To vax or not to vax. I mean, yeah. it's that's what it's all about. So it's become a war on my version of reality versus yours. So basically belief. So that's the shadow of Sagittarius is people that are holding on for dear life to their version of reality. And here again, Tiana is the perfect situation or area to extend compassion because What's going on planetarily is so massive that most people not have not a clue of this larger shift that we're in, right? And so they're holding on out of fear. They're holding on because their life has been completely turned upside down. And if they have not been on this path of awakening for a while, it's absolutely destabilizing. So cognitive dissonance is some a psychological mechanism that, that is, it comes into place to protect the psyche when it's absolutely too much information or it's too destabilizing that it would cause too much disturbance in the psychological sanity really of people. So this is really, I think my feeling at the root of what's going on, it's, it's people are holding on because they're ego, they, like we mentioned earlier, the ego is starting this dissolution process. And if we've been placing our sense of security and safety and, and everything has been really focused on this illusionary 3d realm and now all of a sudden the whole world system is starting to collapse uh yeah i think it might be feel a little destabilizing right like you said people who haven't been on like an awakening process 
then they just still want to kind of look to like an authority figure yeah. to fix it for them or to tell them, you know, versus like, oh, no, this is a process where we are all coming into our own higher truth, our own sovereignty. But it's it's scary being, you know, the baby getting up on your feet and trying to walk and stuff, looking right. for, you know, oh, someone carry me kind of thing. Well, and we've also remember coming out of the Pisces age where we, our God was our government. Our, it was our priest or our preacher. We gave our power away and we were absolutely manipulated. And so people are still wanting to look to our government with faith. Remember, it's all about the Pisces age was about faith, that there's something outside of me that's going to save me and protect me. And this is all collapsing, but it's a huge, um, you know, can bring on massive um, depression and anxiety to have that vast of a shift that everything that you thought was there before in place is actually not. (laughs) Well, I just want to make an interesting parallel or something. Um, I like bringing pop culture and references into discussions like this. And there was this famous TV movie in the seventies called the Poseidon adventure. And they did a remake of this, right? So in this movie, they're all, everyone's on the deck of the Poseidon and they're having a big, I think it's a new year. So everybody's celebrating kind of like we are now in the end of the Pisces days. We can do it all wrong, but then a huge wave comes along and knocks the, the, you, the Poseidon over you got to remember, Poseidon is Neptune. This is the same thing we're talking about with the age, right? The delusion. The, I'm sorry, the, the, the age of Pisces, you know, the age of Pisces. So people are wanting to trust the captain and say, stay on board the ship and don't, we're not going to go down, right? And then there's one guy who's an engineer. He says, wait a minute. I know this ship. I know how it works. We got to get to the, go through the thing and get to the top to the surface. And the captain convinces most people and they go down with the ship. And that's what's going to happen. This age is going away. And everyone's looking for the captain. They're looking for the authority. And they're saying, that's my captain. Oh, no, that's my captain. Well, you know, most people are going to stick with the structures that have existed for so long, like the big ship. But that's what's going to take people down, unfortunately. So think about it in those terms, that, that we are on a massive, cataclysmic, upside-down world, upside-down ship. We've got to get to the surface so we really know what reality is. That reminds me a lot of, um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of Dolores Cannon. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dolores Cannon. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, she she, she interviews, well, she kind of has her own process of, of communicating with people's higher selves. Yeah. And in, you know, a lot of discussion about the transition that we're going through right now actually comes up in those conversations. And... One of the things they hit on a few times was exactly what you were saying is, you know, kind of this split. There, there's going to be people who who hang on to their beliefs and their, their current worldview so deeply that they actually will not transition over with the rest of the people who, who are willing to let go. You know, they ask a lot about the logistics of how that works and everything, but I don't think it's that important. What is important is that it's okay. It's okay if they don't come. Like that's, that's their journey. That's their path. And like you were saying earlier, you know, we all have to have compassion for each and everybody's individual path that they're on. So it's okay that they don't want to join us this way. They, they chose to go that way for a specific reason. And, you know, the rest of us are just offering a helping hand to them if they want to take it. Yeah. I love that. And I absolutely resonate with that. This is where the non-dual thinking is really important. If we see this from a 
eternal lens through this as an eternal meaning that we are eternal then okay what's worst case scenario you know maybe they 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 leave this planet early in this lifetime or they don't fully you know have the same awareness as other aspects of consciousness it's like you said it's okay we're in the alchemical cauldron we definitely don't want to force information on people that's completely destabilizing I'm writing a blog right now that, um, and I had this this moment remembering this this p- very famous point in a movie with that. What was the name of the movie? I'm not sure. And we talked about it last night. Oh, I'm sorry. With that Jack Nicholson a year ago. and Tom and Tom uh, Cruise, where they're in the courtroom and he's screaming oh. at him and he's saying, "You know, I want to, I want to know the truth." And he's like, "You want to know the truth?" So yes, give me the truth. And he says, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and I just like got chills because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like we have to trust that even if there is some quote unquote intense agenda going on behind the scenes, there's an intelligence in it. And maybe we don't need to know, right? If we understand that we're all coming from this one unit of consciousness and we evolve through death and rebirth, well, guess what? Death is bloody. It's intense, you know, there's maggots eating roadkill every single day on the side of the road, right? But if we see it beyond the illusion of, right, the illusory um, perspective, then it's actually maybe just a very natural process. So this is where, you know, our work becomes don't get seduced into the narrative, right? So this is coming full circle to the, the eclipse. What's the counterbalance of the shadow in Sagittarius, which is the full moon lunar eclipse on May 26th? It's to reach for the opposite of the polarity point, which is Gemini, which will be the new moon, the rebirth, which will be uh, the solar eclipse on June 11th, which is the twins. It's about duality. It's about there is no one right way. It's about seeing things and being more curious and doing more, being more open minded and doing your own research and and not holding on out of fear and, um, you know, attacking and criticizing and creating division because people don't see things the way that you do. It's about acceptance. And so so this is sort of the six weeks that we are in with this eclipse. Is like, where have we been dogmatic? You know, we did an exercise, Tiana and I are in a women's circle, and, and it was really powerful because all the women there, we think, are all very conscious and open, and and, and we are, and, and yet... And, however, there was a little bit of righteousness around, well, we're awake and we know what's going on and these people are asleep. And it's like, well, that's just the same as people (laughs) on the other side, you know, saying uh, none of this is real or whatever. And you guys are crazy. So it was a good exercise in looking at where are we being judgmental? Where are we creating division even in our own consciousness? And um, trying to pursue more of a non-dual um version of reality in every aspect and that's that's a path i mean that's a practice to to walk in those in those shoes that i think that is takes time yeah we we have a little bit of this happening with some righteousness in our own community who which astrologers the you know got the best perspective and then uh we've kind of lost perspective no matter which perspective you choose you know, if you say that a mind's better than yours, then you're you're not in the middle, you know, and having and, and going and persecuting others and shaming others for being human. I think I posted about this the other day. This is where we really need to draw the line on, on divisiveness itself so that we can stand in the middle and have compassion for every, everybody's experience as we move, move ahead. 
Yeah. And so, you know, just continuing to come back to compassion. This is a six week window, but this is clearly a, an impetus towards moving forward in general. Because again, to look at it from this larger lens, we're going from the multiplicity to the singularity. We can't keep seeing everything as outside of ourselves. So anytime that we're getting triggered by the reflection in the mirror, or, you know, we're, we're getting caught up in the drama of, you know, politics, or with our neighbor who's, you know, unconscious in the sleep, it's like, okay, draw back those projections. And really, what I keep coming to is just unhook from the story, like all of it, all of the story and be the witnessing self. I mean, that's really like the Buddhist way, right? So then the, the, the window will close, the eclipse window closes on, on June 24th with a full moon in Capricorn. And then to take this work to another level, you could look at your own personal chart to see where the eclipses fall, what area of your chart, what houses to know a little more personally, because again, as above, so below, we're doing this collectively, but where am I needing to shift out of some beliefs, some limiting beliefs, some constricting beliefs? Where do I need to be more open and, and whatnot? So so that's a big thing that's happening right now. I really love the the analogy of the cat with the mirror. I think that that'll, that'll I'll keep using that because it's it's a fun, lighthearted one. You know, when you guys came on earlier in the year, a couple of friends of mine had said like, that was kind of dark. <laughs> I said, oh, that episode was a little heavy. So I like the cat with the mirror kind of lightens it up. I mean, it is all, of course, just the whatever way we want to look at it you know again like we, we were saying when, when we, we think of ourselves as eternal be beings and we realize like you know because i think why it's the polarity has become such a like intensified from the outer perspective is this is life or death right we're talking about this disease or, or virus or vaccine or whatnot and people feel like this is life or death and so that's why they're so you know intense about their perspective on it but um you know from our perspective we're looking at it like we're, we're eternal beings it's fine anyway i really like the just the cat with the mirror and then my other thought is that we're gonna have to make a, a drinking game for every time that our guests say beyond the illusion because it's happened more, <laughs> more but, but i don't know yeah. i think a lot of the listeners are probably <laughs> like me if, if, and if you don't drink then it can you know it can be a swig of um of kombucha every time oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. say yeah, yeah, that's a, br a brilliant title, you guys. And, and by the way, yeah. I have met so many amazing people through your podcast. So many people have come through you guys to work with me. So thank you, because I just want you to know, I don't know if you get the feedback, but you really have a wide span yeah. audience all over. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. You're yeah. doing a good work and we hear about it. <laughs> and I do want to comment on, you know, the comment that you got of, of that it was dark because Russell and I talk about this a lot. Like it's like, oh, do should we not say this or not say that? Is it better to sort of dance around or gloss over, you know, because, you know, the truth is, like I said, we are in a massive time of death and rebirth. But I think what's important is the awareness to see the lens, to see it through from that eternal lens. That changes everything. Yeah, through the eternal lens. Yeah, mm -hmm. because, you know, we things are, um, things are going to heat up. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> things are going to heat up. Do you oh, mean that things are going to heat up in the immediate future or is it going to be like a over several years kind of thing? I mean, obviously over several years it will happen more intensely, but... Like, how about the rest of this year? Do you guys see any big major 
events or things that everybody will notice, like no question about it? Um, well, so like I mentioned in the beginning, this year to me feels like we're in the wake of the, the bomb that was dropped in the lake or the ocean. And we're in what feels to me like a slow grind, but it's also building pressure and intensity. So again, if you think about that Saturn neuron square of the old versus the new, the control that's still like hanging on for dear life. And then the veracity of the new age and the awakening saying, absolutely not. We will not lay down for this. It is increasing in a way that we're moving towards. I don't think that, that I think that things are going to do sort of like a wave, oscillation, like an oscillation right, yeah. where we're going to have breaks. But the truth is we're moving towards mentioned, you know, that's what well, we didn't talk about it in this, this podcast, but and most people probably remember, but December 21st, the great conjunction, winter solstice, Saturn and Jupiter moved into Aquarius, right? Well, Pluto has not yet. Pluto still, because it's the 248 year planet around the zodiac, slow, 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 slow transformation, the ruler of alchemy and death and rebirth. That's the planet that rules that is that it's the ending journey in Capricorn still. So it's like chipping away at the rest of this, you know, foundation. And it's going to enter Aquarius. So it hasn't yet at starting in 2023 through 2025. Okay. So we mentioned this on the last one. That's probably what your friends said that felt a little intense. I'll let Russell. It's going to bring the lightning. Honestly, it's like, this is the next step in the quickening that happens. And you're going to have a series, like I discussed earlier, like an atomic chain reaction of events as it begins to catalyze this process. And um, you will, we will experience it internally with our, with our, our own uh, evolutionary processes, but societally, you're going to see this happen. So um, when, when, it, when we start moving into the outer planets into air, Uranus will shortly follow, um, move from Taurus into Gemini. This is going to increase exponentially. You're going from Earth dense into air signs. And this is going to wrap So the next few years, I'm just saying, Get your accounts in order. Get your ducks in a row. I mean, it, it, the next few months, it's going to be a lot of pressure building. And, you know, you're going to see some some things pop here and there. Not quite like you did last year in the in in our whole, whole field. We're still dealing with that wave. But um, what you're going to feel is this pressure for what's going to come next. And it's going to, and in, in, in slowly and increasingly, um, everyone is going to feel more of this. And and don't take it as darkness necessarily. I mean, this is like where you feeling the coherence within yourself. Where am I out of alignment in my soul's journey? Where am I out of alignment? Where can I, like on a cellular level, what have I got to do to change? What have I got to, what do I got to eat better? What do I got to, how do I meditate, get my mind frequency in, you know, in better order? What do I got to do to line up with what's happening? This cataclysmic change that is going to uh, literally crystallize new consciousness in a sense yeah because like we talk about astrology the history of cycles we look back at what has gone down planetarily when the past when uh, pluto has entered aquarius and it has been global revolution so just that theme right there revolution we we can already know we're we're already feeling that right Mm -hmm. but there's some important shifts in the cosmos between now and then and one of them will is has another one that I haven't gone into yet. I'll briefly touch on it is that Jupiter moves much more quickly, right? So it's already moved all the way through Aquarius and it entered Pisces already. 
okay, on May 13th. So this just happened within the week. Jupiter, largest planet, right? It brings expansion to wherever it travels. Pisces is, well, Pisces age, right? So Pisces is that dual experience where it could be like enlightenment and it could expand our capacity as light workers to ignite our light body and to, to become more and more um, sustainable in those higher vibrational realms. But it can also simultaneously uh, expand the shadow of Pisces, which is all this delusion and illusion. So we may see more and more um, revealing, right? Great revealing of more covert mechanism, which could then of course catalyze this sort of tension around revolt. You know, what I keep coming back to is that we can really simplify in, in a certain kind of way. There's there's nothing we can do really to shift out of this alchemical cauldron that we're in. But what we do have control over is our alignment, our, our system. So refining our system, becoming lighter in our being. We're literally shifting from a carbon-based reality to a selenium. So what can we do to lighten up our, our physical body so that we can actually harness that consciousness and bring it to the planet. It's not about leaving the planet. It's actually about bringing the light down. It's the, the earth that needs the consciousness, right? And also working again towards how, it's like we all talk about, we don't want this old system. We don't wanna live under this level of, of patriarchal control anymore, but that also means that we're gonna have to do something about it. We're very dependent on it, you know? We're absolutely, 100% reliance. So it also means we might have to constellate together and really start bringing these concepts into form. It's all great. We talk about community and we talk about these things, but it's a whole other thing to, to lay this new grid. And so if, if we come back to, well, what, what should we be doing? It's both. It's working on our ascension, but it's also laying, creating the seeds for this new foundation. Like the shift foundation that you guys have. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's our the shifty that, foundation. That's our non-drop. <laughs> so I'm going to now I name drop back on you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's difficult to have a foundation while things are shifting, but you've got to anchor it. You got to anchor it deep with what you know and how you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I love that. I think that's really good advice, though. You know, it, it is going to be scary. I think a lot of things. I, I kind of like picture what's happening right now as, you know, it's not peaceful everywhere, but it's sort of like a peaceful revolution where a lot of change is happening and, you know, change is scary to people at times. But if you take it from a higher consciousness perspective, you know, the change happens much easier and in a much more peaceful way. So that's kind of what I picture happening because I feel that happening in my own life where some of the same things you mentioned like an oscillator earlier some of the same things that used to come up as issues for me in the past have resurfaced again and they do occasionally they just do that but my way of handling them now is completely different because mm -hmm. i'm in a different place now where the same thing comes up but my reaction is different so i feel i feel like that's kind of what's going to happen it's going to continue to happen like that but i think for most people it will be that approaching it from a different way and dealing with it in a different way instead of maybe dealing it with fe with fear as before, you know, maybe we'll deal with it in a different way. Well, it's a very exciting time. It's a very, you know, magical time. And that's just it. You know, we have had 
so many experiences of our, our divinity and of our enlightened state. And so I see very many clients who have opened up to channeling and who are creating magic. And so that's what's waiting for us is to actually tap into these frequencies. And when enough of us do that, we will be in our fullest potential, which is as divine creators. Mm-hmm. And when we're when that's where we tap into the one mind, if enough of us are sort of in that circuitry, then creation will flow through creation of the new world. You know, my sense is that the awakening will happen from within the system. We don't want the whole system to collapse. We actually want to bring the uh, consciousness into it. And it's happening. So many people I know are are saying, like a woman yesterday came out, that she wants to bring corporate corporate events out here to bring them into nature and to, to employ them into a, a meditation. And then another one of my clients um, who you know, Tiana Raja, you know, left the corporate world so that he can create his own business to help the corporate world be more holistic. So it's happening. It's absolutely happening. And and we all know here that that magic is everywhere whenever we're tapped into that higher frequency of trust and love and not fear. And it actually is that simple, you know. But magic is everywhere, but it does create nodal points to where it where it comes together and you can have more magical and enlightening experiences together. And that's part of the magic is that to to better experience our humanity our, to our divinity, we have to also experience our humanity. You you can't have one because we have to experience all aspects of humanity, including the ones we're moving through now, you know, the contradictory ones. You know, to to fully experience an infinite self, we have to go to the edge of infinity with all of our conscious experiences. And then come back and recognize our divinity, and that's part of what the process that's happening. You know, it's also that reflection. You know, if we can just get Tiger to remember that that she's the divine, looking back at her, you know, <laughs> you know her, her cat self, we, we'll be getting somewhere. Start with or those. maybe when you fully shift and embody it, then your cat will reflect that back to yeah, good you. Good point. I got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what keeps us here, right? That's that's why I was like, "Oh, this is embarrassing, Tiger. Stop showing us these lessons." You yeah, know? <laughs> we were we were we were kind of feisty with each other, and Tiger's actually at the time in the mirror hissing herself, and like uh, that. We get the message, Tiger. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yes. Well. I think we're almost out of time. So, yeah, thank you guys for coming on again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing this work and yeah. for letting us share and hopefully guide, help people trust the process to go beyond the illusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody drink. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. You know, over time, you've gotten to watch us go through steps in our process as we've continued to go beyond our own illusion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we look forward to, you know, checking in with you again um, after some more time has passed and see where we're at on the planet. Can you remind everyone where they can find you guys and things that you offer? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, if you're local in Austin, Texas, we have Lotus Bend Sanctuary, which is our little slice of heaven out here. And we do retreats. It's lotusbend.net. You can subscribe to our newsletter. And then to have private consultations, astrological consultations, or I'm also a union life coach. So I, I work with people ongoing. My website is shannonleegill.com and Lee is spelled L-E-I. You can also subscribe to my newsletter for more current astrological updates or to book a session with me. Yeah. And to get in touch with me, the best way is probably to talk to her. 
So, um, <laughs> but uh, but in case I do have anything of relevance, I have vinylhousen.org where I'll be posting more stuff about uh, science and how frequency and, and light and sound all play a part in the conscious raising. And it's, um, isn't, isn't she amazing? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, mirror. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. I like how you do that. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I want to say thank you very much to Shannon Gill and Russ von Olhausen for coming on to talk with us and for sharing their gifts and knowledge with us. If you want to learn more about their services or get in touch with them, you can find them online at shannonleegill.com and Lee is spelled L-E-I. I'd also like to take this time to thank Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast interesting and Casey Henson for providing the music. If you'd like to learn more about us or find past episodes, please visit our amazing website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us. This will help other people find us. Take care. <laughs>